रहा है हिंदी सिनेमा का सबसे बड़ा ब्लॉकबस्टर तो माकेदार होगा एंटरटेनमेंट जब करण जोहर आयुष्मान खुराना और मनीष पॉल होस्ट करेंगे फिल्म फेयर की शानदार रात फिल्म फेयर के मंच पर होंगे रणबीर कपूर करीना कपूर खान कार्तिक आर्यन वरुण धवन जानवी कपूर और सारा अली खान के इलेक्ट्रीफाइंग परफॉर्मेंसेस तो हो जाइए तैयार फॉर हिंदी सिनेमा बिगेस्ट सेलिब्रेशन वॉट द सिक्सटी नाइन्थ फिल्म फेयर अवार्ड ट्वेंटी विद गुजरात टूरिज्म ऑन संडे एटीन फेब्रवरी नाइन पी एम उंगली ऑन जी giving Jack Benny a dinner to commemorate his 20 years in radio. As we look in on Jack now, he's rehearsing his speech for the occasion. So in conclusion, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart for this great tribute. There how does that sound, Rochester? Fine, boss, fine. Let's say, boss, this party they're giving you. How long is it going to last? Oh, it'll start about 8:30, should be over by 11. Go at a party. <laughs> Rush, I think that's long enough for a party from 8:30 to 11. With us, that's known as the children's hour. <laughs> Never mind, just finish my packing. And Rochester, while I'm gone, forward all my mail to the Waldorf Astoria. You staying at the Waldorf? Yes. I made a reservation for you at the Acme Plaza. <laughs> well, just forget about it. Well, we can't, boss. We can't. Why not? They're holding two clean sheets for you. <laughs> See what they won't do for celebrities. <laughs> well, we better write him a nice note. I'll answer the door, Rochester. You finish packing. Yes, sir. So, my darling, though we've parted, come back to whence we started. Whence? Yes, whence. It's the poetic form of where. <laughs> oh, hello, Mary. Come on in. Well, Jack, I'm all ready. Are you packed? Almost. I would have called you, but I'm so busy with all these last-minute things, and I'm nervous too. Well, I don't blame you for being excited, Jack. I'll bet that banquet will be just wonderful. Well, it should be. Practically everyone in the business will be there: Milton Berle, George Burns, Jesse Block, Eddie Cantor, Fred Allen, Georgie Jessel, and a lot of Jack. People. They asked Fred Allen to come. Well, Mary, they weren't going to, but I insisted that he be invited. Ah, oh, that was nice of you, and I hope you'll forget your silly grudge and talk to him at the banquet. Mary, these days Alan doesn't need conversation; he needs food. <laughs> Believe me. Huh? Well, Jack, it should be a nice banquet, especially at the Waldorf. What are they going to serve? Well, they left that up to me, and I told them I'd like something I usually eat at home—something like pheasant under glass. <laughs> <laughs> What are you laughing at? The closest you come to pheasant under glass is when your parrot fell in the fishbowl. <laughs> Mary, don't be ridiculous. I wouldn't eat Polly. But boss, I saw you put it in the oven only to dry her off. <laughs> Now look, Rochester. If you don't finish my packing, I'll answer the phone. Will you, Mary, please? Oh sure. Hello. Hello, Liv. Oh, it's you, Phil. Yeah, but on a streetcar, I'm called Desire. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what happens when you write your own stuff. 
<laughs> what do you want, Phil? Is the old man around? Yeah, Jack's sitting in the next room. Well, if the phone cord don't reach, call me back when he's closer. Oh, wait a minute, Phil. <laughs> I'll call him. Jack, it's Phil. Thanks, Mary. Hello, Phil. Hey, Jackson, I just had to call you. I thought of the greatest joke that you ever heard in your life. Look, Phil. Hey, ask me why girls who live in the Rockies won't take sun baths. For heaven's sake, Phil, I haven't time for that corny stuff. I'm packing for my trip to New York. In case you don't know it, the Friars are giving me a testimonial dinner there. So what? Mark's was giving me a testimonial next week. I almost cried when they gave me my gift. They gave you the gift already? What is it? A baton with a corkscrew on the end of it. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. I got a little deal with the arranger. From now on, he's writing a nothing but upbeats. Look, Phil. Too bad you can't be there, Jackson. You're going to miss my speech. Oh, you're going to make a speech, too? Certainly. Hey, look, how's this sound? Guests, friends, fellow musicians, and policemen. Oh, you invited the police? No, but they'll be there. They'll be there. Well, they're bound to be. Look, Phil, I like to stand here and talk to you about your soiree, but I have to finish packing. So long. Now, wait a minute, Jackson. Wait a minute. I want you to hear that joke I called about. Ask me why girls who live in the Rockies won't take sunbath. All right, Phil. Why won't girls who live in the Rockies... Rochester. Rochester. Oh, for... Just a minute, Phil. I better answer the door. Never fails. Whenever I'm in a hurry, there's a million interruptions. Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello. Come on in, kid. Well, Dennis, I suppose you came over to say goodbye. Yeah, how did you know I was going away? <laughs> oh, are you going away, too? Uh-huh. As long as I got a few days off, I thought I'd go to Waxahachie, Texas. Oh. Are you going there on business? No. Oh, then you have friends there? No. Relatives? No. Rochester, be sure to pack my tuxedo. I'll need it for the banquet. Yes, sir. Uh, Dennis, if you're not going on... Mary, business... don't get into this. <laughs> Please. Don't stop. We're starting on a trip. Let's be happy go lucky. Jack, I've got to ask him. Dennis, if you're not going on business and you have no friends or relatives there, why are you going to watch the hatchy? The name fascinates me. <laughs> well, Dennis, for you, that's a good reason. I remember once you went to Philadelphia because your mother wanted cream cheese. <laughs> going to walk the hatchy By train? No, I'm going to fly. Oh, you're flying. What plane are you going to take? No plane. I need the exercise. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, Dennis, eight. Dennis, Dennis, what are you doing? I'm counting up to ten for him. He's so mad he can't talk. <laughs> well, maybe you ought to do your song. Yeah, I think I... Gee, look at the way his eyes stick out. I better sing. Yes, I'll say you better.
You know, it's amazing. When you talk to me, I get so mad. Then when you sing, it's the most wonderful thing in the whole... <laughs> hmm. Jack, he went out. No, he walked into the closet. Lock up, Mary. <laughs> well, i better be running along, too, Jack. Okay, Mary. I'm sorry we're not going on the same plane. Well, I can't go till Tuesday, but I'll see you in New York. Yeah. Come here and kiss me goodbye. Okay. Look at the way his eyes stick out. They'll be all right by the time I get to New York. Goodbye, Mary. Goodbye, doll. Gee, she called me doll. Now, let's see. What was I doing? Say, boss, do you want to take your violin along on the trip? My violin? Say, maybe I'd better. Oh, no. Answer the door, will you, please? Yes, boss. Hello, Rochester. Mr. Benny in? Yeah, come right in. Boss, it's Mr. Georgie Jessel. Well, Georgie, nice to see you. What are you doing here? Well, I had a few minutes between banquets, so I thought I'd drop by. Well, this is a pleasant surprise. I didn't expect to see you till we got to New York. Well, Jack, I had a reason. I've been thinking about your dinner. About the testimonial dinner? Yes, and I thought that instead of having the usual type of speeches, it might be a lot nicer if I told them the story of your life. Say, that's a pretty good idea. At the dinner, huh? Do you uh, want me to write it? No, I wrote it myself, but I want your approval of it. Oh, about my life. Hey, well, go ahead. Let's hear it. All right. Okay. Now, after the preliminary speeches are over, the lights will dim down. I'll stand up, and there'll be a big fanfare. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our story starts with the birth of Jack Penny in the year 1894. <laughs> Just 39 years ago. It all happened in the little town of Waukegan, Illinois. The proud parents gazed with delight on the blue-eyed baby. And it was at this moment that Jack Benny's voice was heard 
for the first time. Look at him, Papa. He's so cute. Yes. We'll call him Jackie. Doctor, I want to ask you something. Oh, I know all parents think their children are unusual, but honestly, Doctor, isn't our Jackie different from most babies? <laughs> Papa, he's got your mouth. And he's got your nose. And he's got your eyes. And he's got your ears. And look at his hair. See, that's mine. It slipped off. Now, Mr. Betty, about my fee. Uh, don't worry, Doctor. Just mail your bill, and my son Jackie will send you a check. Oh, thank you very much. Wait a minute. <laughs> your son here, Jackie, he's only a few minutes old. How can he send me a check? I don't know how he did it, but he already saved $800. <laughs> oh, Mr. <laughs> and so the little baby began to grow and make rapid progress. At the age of six months... He astounded medical science because he had 32 teeth. All uppers. <laughs> ah, but Jackie was a happy little child, and all day long he used to sit in his crib playing with his toys. <laughs> As he grew older, his parents gave him everything he wanted. But Jack wasn't an only child. He had a younger sister named Florence. Today, he has an older sister named Florence. <laughs> the years passed, and finally, Jackie entered school. As a student, he was exceptionally bright, particularly in arithmetic. And now, for the next question, I will call on Jackie Benny. Yes, teacher. Now, Jackie, if you loan $10 to Albert, and $5 to Irving, and $15 to Tommy, and they all paid you back at once, how much money would you have? $31. I'm sorry, Jackie, but the correct answer is $30. What about the interest? <laughs> oh, yes, I forgot. And that reminds me, Jackie... I'll pay you the money I owe you Friday. Good. Good, good. Then I'll give you back your wristwatch. It was easy to see that there was something about Jackie that was different from other boys. In his class, there was one little boy who lived near the stockyards. There was another whose home was above a livery stable. Still another who lived next door to a glue factory. Yet Jackie was the only kid in the class called Stinky. <laughs> Somehow he seemed to know that he was destined for a musical career. And for the next few years, he took violin lessons regularly. No, no, no. How many times must I tell you? Smoothly, smoothly. I'm sorry. We'll play it again. Only this time, hold the bow with one hand. You're not Ty Cobb. <laughs> Try. No, not today. The lesson she is over. Oh, well. Goodbye, Professor. Uh, wait. Uh, you did not pay me. Huh? Mr. Benny, 
I want my money. Well, Jack was persistent about his violin playing. He took lessons year. Monsieur Benny, my money. After year. Monsieur Benny, my money. After year. Please, Monsieur Benny, my money. <laughs> it finally came the day of his graduation from elementary school. Oh, it was a proud moment for Jack and his parents. That was the day that he put on his first pair of long pants. They looked kind of bulky over his diapers. Ah, <laughs> uh, but as he was about to leave the house, his parents looked at him proudly and said, Jackie, we're proud of you. Thanks, Mother. And I'm so excited. Look at him, Mama. Doesn't he look handsome? Oh, he should look handsome. He's got your mouth. And he's got your nose. And he's got your eyes. And he's still got my hair. <laughs> you'll get it. You'll get it. Let him graduate first. <laughs> and Papa, we want to get there early. He's going to play a violin solo. and fellow graduates. Your kind reception to my musical offering has filled my little heart with joy. But I don't deserve all this applause alone. Some of the glory must be shared by my music teacher. That wonderful man, that brilliant genius, that great... Never mind the compliments. I want my money. <laughs> Jack Benny's schooling and violin study was interrupted by World War I when he entered the armed forces. He was really much too young to go, but his father was on the draft board. <laughs> and so, early in 1917, we find Jack Benny no longer a boy, but a man, ready to enter the Navy. Goodbye, Papa. Go already. <laughs> Jack went home, but his parents had moved. <laughs> and so he decided on vaudeville as a career. It was about this time that many changes took place in the entertainment world. New innovations had come along, the radio talking pictures. And of one picture called Lucky Boy, a handsome young lady man named Georgie Jessel scored an immediate smash hit when he sang, One bright and guiding light. That taught me wrong from right I found in my mother's Georgie. eyes. Those baby tales she told. Georgie, that road paved with gold. George, Georgie, me, me, it's my life story. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. With the invented the radio, <laughs> many new stars were made overnight. And one of the brightest was the man who always opened his show with... Hello again. From this he became a star? <laughs> Uh, when Jack realized that he was a big hit in radio, he decided to get his own program. And first, he looked for an announcer. He didn't have to look far because Don Wilson was everywhere. <laughs> but one of the freshest things about Jack's show was the new talent that he always found for it. 
and he usually met these supporting players in unusual places. For instance, one day while he was shopping... Oh, miss, uh, do you have dental floss? Yes, the May Company has everything. Oh. And say, you have all uppers, haven't you? <laughs> hey, you notice everything. You're pretty cute. How about having dinner with me tonight? I'm sorry, but I never let strangers buy me dinner. Good, good. <laughs> You're my type. Look, mister, you better stop annoying me. Hey, Mary, you want me to come over there and punch him in the nose? It's all right, babe. I can handle it myself. <laughs> yes, and that was how Jack first met Mary Livingston. He took her away from the May Company and made her a star. Then one day, Jack was crossing Vine Street... He stepped off the curb and... Whoops, sorry. I almost tripped over you. I didn't see you. I didn't see you either. I was face down. <laughs> and so, Phil Harris joined the show. <laughs> now that Jack had an orchestra, he needed a singer, and he auditioned dozens of them. One day, he listened to a newcomer. A shy, apple-cheeked young lad with the face of a cherub and a beautiful voice. And when he finished singing, Jack said, So your name is Dennis Day? Yeah, you want to make something out of it? <laughs> hmm. Jack hired this talented young tenor, and after four or five years, with no outside help, he almost drove Jack nuts. <laughs> now with his cash completed, Jack decided to move into a new house in Beverly Hills with his faithful Barrett, Rochester. Boss, this house is sure beautiful. Yes, it is, Rochester. But you know, I've been thinking. About what? Well, a house isn't really a home without a woman. Want me to get married? <laughs> Never mind. And so Jack moved into his new home, which he still resides. The house is located in Beverly Hills. The day he moved in... His next-door neighbor exclaimed, Ah, uh, about the fence, Benita, do you honestly think that 20 feet will be high enough? <laughs> and so, distinguished guests and ladies and gentlemen, that brings us up to the present here at Jack Benny's testimonial dinner. And while we have kidded him tonight about those various characteristics he has assumed on his radio programs merely for the purpose of making you laugh. You who know him best will say of Jack Benny that he is a fine comedian and a fine man. I thank you. Well, Jack, that's the speech. How do you like it? Gee, it's beautiful, Georgie. Really beautiful. Well, I'm glad you like it. Well, i got to be running along. I'll see you in New York. So long, Georgie. So long, Jack. Well, have you got the bags all packed, Rochester? Yes, sir. Well, you can take them out to the airport now, and I'll meet you out there as soon as I finish my television show. Say, that's right. That is tonight, isn't it, boss? Certainly. I go on in a couple of minutes. Okay, boss. I'll take it. Wait a minute. What's the receiver doing off the phone? Huh? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was talking to Phil, and I told him to hold the wire. I wonder if... Hello, Phil. Are you still there? Yeah, go ahead, Jackson. Ask me. Ask me. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
the girls who live in the Rockies take sun baths? Because the mountain peaks. <laughs> oh, Eric, you may have had to wait 20 minutes, but you've got it in. <laughs> Come on, Rochester, let's go. Carlos speaking. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service.